Hi everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Hoop Sneakers Pod. Um, you're here with Dan for a solo edition of the podcast. Um, after that, uh, a short series of episodes with um, with guests. Uh, it's back to just just uh, me today for the edition of the podcast. I hope everybody out there that has tuned into the podcast today is staying safe and well um, amidst uh, various happenings developing now out of uh, racial injustices and police brutality issues in, in, in conjunction with our um, continuing um, COVID-19 pandemic um, issues that we are dealing with um, as a population worldwide. Um, as usual, um, you can find me uh, online um, at my various uh, social medias um, and uh, platforms. Um, so I'm at hoops underscore sneakers underscore on Instagram, on Twitter, on TikTok and on Pinterest. Um, and you can find me on Facebook and YouTube uh, simply by searching Hoops Sneakers. Um, I've got a fair bit that I would uh, that I want to talk about in today's episode. Um, there's been a fair few things that have surfaced online that I've covered over on the Instagram page that I would just like to talk about today in terms of upcoming um, releases um, for the various brands. So upcoming um, sneaker releases, model releases that are going to be um, coming out over the over the uh, Northern Hemisphere summer period and, and moving into um, into or what will be um, the resumption of the NBA season and then into the new NBA season for 2021. Um, so yeah, there's, there's a few models that are going to be releasing across uh, the remainder of June and then July and into early August, um, which is exciting. Um, so I'll just cover off what's been going on with those brands, I'll do a bit of a like a release roundup for the first part of the episode, um, and then from there, I want to transition into, um, of course, like my main, well, the the place where I'm most active is Instagram. So just to have a chat about some of the things that happened on Instagram, um, just with, uh, you know, talking with the community and responding to comments um, on various posts um, and things that have taken place over the past few weeks since I last um, <clears throat> recorded. Um, so that'll be the, the middle portion of today's episode. And then just to finish it off, I just want to have a discussion um, about the, uh, I almost feel like it's a compulsion of people to try and compare an, a new or an upcoming sneaker model or sneaker release to something that already exists. So that comparison between sneaker models, um, which uh, I, I find interesting and I, I don't often see it unless... I don't. I think sneaker designers overall do a great job, and there's no. I don't think there's any sneakers on the market from the major brands that are like a blatant, a blatant rip off or blatantly ripped off another brand sneaker. So I've got some thoughts in that space. Um, so yeah, aiming for today's episode to run for about thirty to forty minutes. Um, you know. So aside from that, um, yeah. Once again, I thank you all. Um, for tuning into another episode of the Hoop Sneakers Pod, just remember that you can find me across uh, social media. I'd love for you to go and check me out, uh, especially the Instagram page. It's where you'll find a lot of things I'm talking about today. So I really would love for you to go out and check out at hoops underscore sneakers underscore on Instagram. Chuck me a follow if you haven't already. We're coming up upon fourteen thousand, which is um, tremendously exciting. Uh, I'm really grateful and appreciative of that. Um, so without further ado, uh, let's uh, take a quick break here and on the other side of that, um, I'll catch you guys for the release roundup uh, of what's coming up over the next couple of months.
So we've had quite a few sneakers um, be announced or unveiled or leaked um, <clears throat> since the last time I recorded a solo edition of the podcast, uh, which is exciting. Uh, I thought the best place to start with this was probably just starting off with Nike basketball and then working our way down from there. So probably the most unexpected um, uh, unexpected sort of um, release from Nike sort of came out of nowhere and um, no one sort of knew anything about this shoe until we had um, Instagram uh, until... We... <clears throat> <clears throat> and we sort of didn't know anything about the shoe until we had, uh, you know, Instagram users and sneaker YouTubers, um, particularly Sneaker Highway Twenty Three, um, who's a Hong Kong-based sneaker YouTuber. Until we had um, those people actually have the sneaker in hand, so <clears throat> it's made its way to retail in in China and Hong Kong. Um, so the Kybrid S Two, as the name is now is the uh, the follow-up to Nike's um, Kyrie Hybrid S1. So the Kyrie Hybrid S1 similarly sort of came out without much fanfare or much hype, um, and it was a model um, that was a hybrid model between the Kyrie 1, the Kyrie 2, and the Kyrie 3. And what that model did is it took the, um, the outsole and the heel counter and the midsole from the Kyrie 1, um, and it combined um, the forefoot... Um, of the Kyrie 3 as well as some elements of the traction pattern um, with the the with the um, with the strap and sort of the the midfoot of the upper from the Kyrie 2 now the Ky the Kyrie hybrid uh, S2 so now they've renamed it the Kybrid S2 um, takes elements from the Kyrie 4 the Kyrie 5 and the Kyrie 6 um, so so most notably, I guess, or one of the two most notable things is what it brings from the Kyrie 4, which is, again, the outsole and the midsole, um, is from the Kyrie 4. Um, then, essentially, the upper is um, pretty much all from the Kyrie 5, um, including the, the flytrap um, or the Lotus flytrap-inspired um, lockdown strap for the lacing system, which came from the Kyrie 5, and then it's... And then the, uh, the, the the heel counter from the Kyrie 6 is up at the back there. Now, the, the uppers were very similar between the 4 and the 5, um, so there's not too much difference there. So it's a little bit of a different look um, at the way it's been sort of um, implemented uh, and integrated together from the, the S1 to the S2. Um, and based on um, one of the colorways in particular, which is utilizes a, a somewhat of a tie-dye design, um, they both sort of use tie-dye designs, but one's got a lot of blue, um, red, white, and blue, which um, has led to speculation that Kyrie Irving, um, or they were to release uh, around uh, the time of the Olympics, which have been postponed now to 2021. Um, but, so yeah, the Kybrid S2, you can check out images of over on the Instagram page. Uh, the other um, release that's upcoming from Nike was or is, pardon me, is the Nike Air Zoom BB NXT, um, which that sneaker was first, which first image of that sneaker, I believe, I think it was back in February, it was sort of, uh, <clears throat> images began to surface, um, and it was sort of announced by Nike, so it's a sneaker that uh, implements both uh, Nike's React Foam Cushioning and Zoom Air um, within the midsole, 
Um, and then obviously, so, you know, the name, you know, BB NXT, um, uh, what it's led me to believe that this sneaker in the in the Nike sneaker lineups essentially sits as like a takedown model of the Adapt BB, um, which that hasn't necessarily been um, stipulated or confirmed otherwise by Nike Basketball, but um, just with the nomenclature there, it just that's what it that's what it sort of reminds me of. But yeah, we've got a sneaker um, again. Like I said, you can. Um, you can just Google the Nike Air Zoom BB NXT, or you can just check it out over on the Hoop Sneakers Instagram. But uh, it's a sneaker that looks like um, it's interesting. Um, it's definitely got a lot of potential, um, and some people are intrigued by the sneaker um, just to see how this implementation of React Foam will perform on the hardwood. Um, so we've got that coming out from Nike. And then, as usual, um, with Nike basketball, uh, there's... There's heaps of colorways of the Nike Kyrie Six, uh, the Nike Kyrie Six upcoming, um, the neon graffitis, the um, midnight navies. There's a there's been a Team USA colorway surface. You've got uh, the Asia colorway. Um, so there's heaps um, of Nike. There's heaps of Kyrie Sixes to come out. Um, we'll move across to Adidas, which is like where I've spent a lot of my time. I think I would consider. Adidas to be one of my favorite uh, sneaker brands, um, both when, when considering both uh, off-court and on-court performance models. Um, but they've got um, a fair bit of stuff happening at the moment, um, and probably a great place to start is with um, the Don issue number two, which first there was first some images came out mid December two thousand and nineteen. They weren't great quality images. And once again, from memory, I believe they came from Sneaker Highway 23 too. I don't know how he does it, but he does a fantastic job in the in the in that space. But um we didn't see anything for a while, and then probably like it was during it was during our period of lockdown, but so a month or two ago, Donovan Mitchell took to Instagram to announce to formally announce the Don issue two, and it was going to become available via NBA Two K, um, in a green colorway. Um, and then from that announcement, um, and from that announcement on, we've seen more and more colorways of the Don issue two across um, social media and online. So Don issue two uh, is you know, the follow up to his first signature sneaker, which is the Don issue one, um, which was a signature basketball sneaker from Adidas that essentially um, uh, sat in their lineup almost almost as a budget model. So it was a US $100 um, retail price, but it came with a full bounce foam cushion midsole. Um, so full-length cushion tech at $100. Um, the, I, think, I think overall the reviews were somewhat mixed but tended positive. Just due to like, even if you didn't have the greatest experience with the sneaker, you still got a lot for a hundred bucks. So it was a great bang for your buck and a great value for money proposition. Um, you know, if you wanted to get a signature sneaker, you could do so for a hundred dollars. Um, when there's almost budget models from other brands that are more than a hundred dollars. Um, so in that regard, I think it um, was really popular. It was really successful for Adidas. And now they're coming up, coming with the uh, issue number two. Um, it's... Uh, in terms of the build of the sneaker, it's similar to the one. It's uh, still got bounce foam, so it's still got a bit full-length bounce foam midsole. 
um, and what looked to be looks to be a you know an upper comprised um, primarily of textiles or meshes. Um, nothing particularly um, striking or significant about the sneakers so far that we've seen. Um, but like I said, I, I I don't think there's been any mention of a price increase, and I doubt they would do so. So if it's looking to come in and sit at that hundred dollar mark again, and I think for us here in Australia that'd be one hundred and sixty dollars, which again is um, a good value proposition. And then if you can catch them on a sale, um, so some of the some of the colorways of the Don issue one are, for, are on sale right now on East Bay, um, so you can get them for like eighty bucks, seventy nine ninety nine, US, um, and then that's twenty nine 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 shipping to Australia. But and then um, I'd keep an eye out on adidas.com.au um, for any sales on the issue number one once the issue two start to release um, to retail. Uh, the other sneaker that uh, Adidas has coming out that's new is the Adidas Next Level 2.0, which is the follow-up to their um, the Next Level 1, um, which released last year. It was a laceless basketball sneaker with a full um, prime knit upper, so no laces, um, but no... Um, no mechanical um, lacing systems, no auto lacing, nothing like that. Just sh- straight up sneaker with no laces. Uh, it also served as the introduction of Adidas's Light Strike foam cushion, which is their um, in-house um, design proprietary foam cushion designed specifically for basketball. Um, I've had the opportunity to try Light Strike now in the Dame Six, and absolutely love it. Uh, I think it's fantastic. Um, it is, so it debuted on the next level. Uh, in 2019, and it will make its return on the Next Level 2.0 in 2020. Um, Next Level 2.0 is just a slightly modified um, design of the 1.0. Once again, I'll keep directing you across the Instagram page, but um, and once again, it comes with a full-length light strike uh, midsole foam cushion, uh, prime knit upper, laceless sneaker. The um, There's been a little bit of a change uh, with the outsole, the traction pattern has changed from a herringbone to a more anatomical um, and foot-mapped pattern, which looks extremely promising. It reminds me of um, <clears throat> it reminds me of things you would see on the Under Armour Anatomic Spawn. It re- would remind some people of what was on the Co- what's on the Kobe Nine. Uh, it probably reminds some people of uh, what was on the uh, Nike Hyperdunk Twenty Seventeen. So um, extremely promising looking traction pattern for the next level 2.0. Um, oh, I skipped completely over. So Adidas has the D-Rose 11 coming, um, which once again, um, I really like the way the sneaker looks. Um, it, it, it again, it came images sort of came out of the what was said to be the D-Rose 11 back in December 19, around the same time as the Don issue 2. Uh, and that now we've gotten a confirmation of the Dero's 11 and some more high quality, more official images of that sneaker. It also will be um, utilizing light strike foam uh, for the midsole cushion. Um, the rest of the shoe, uh, it's, it's, it's a pretty straightforward basketball sneaker. It's, it's a mid cut um, and it looks to have you know textile mesh materials. Um, and yeah, it, it's it's pretty it, it's pretty like basic in terms of design like. Basic in a good way, like it, it looks like a basketball sneaker, it looks like it will form like a basketball sneaker, there's, there's nothing outlandish about it, but um, they've released some colorways, um, one of which I really like, the red and black one, um, so obviously it's a Chicago Bulls based colorway, um, but, and some people have said that the colorways that have come out so far are kind of basic, but I don't 
actually agree. I think they've done some really cool things um, with the limited amount of colorways we've seen so far. Um, and then just, uh, I'll just kind of breeze through quickly um, the other um, the other uh, releases that are upcoming. Um, it's pretty quiet elsewhere on other brands. Under Armour have the Hover Havoc 3s upcoming. Got some images of those on the Instagram page. The Hover Havoc 3s, um, to me... They, they do, um, they definitely look like an Under Armour sneaker. At a first glance, um, they look like they've borrowed some design elements from the Nike Hyper Rev 2015 and the Puma Uproar, which I've noted in the copy of that post. Um, so you can read that over on Instagram as well. Um, I'm not necessarily saying that they look identical to another sneaker. And that's something I want to talk about later, but I'm just saying there are in design elements incorporated from other sneakers, which isn't necessarily a bad thing at all. Um, and then there's been uh, a couple other images that have come out over the last sort of week or so of Joel Embiid's signature sneaker with Under Armour, so the Embiid One. Um, images of that first came out in January of this year, of 2020 this year, and um, that shoe is due to release. Uh, I think it's in October, so we'll see how. Uh, the global lockdowns and COVID-19 affect that release date. But when it was announced it, right at the start of the year, it was um, uh, it was scheduled for a release in uh, in, uh, in, the, in the latter part of 2020, um, and it was said to be October. So we'll see how we go in getting that sneaker. The only other thing I've seen Under Armour related is it looks like that um, they're going to be introducing a new logo for Stephen Curry. Um, and I don't think that... I've actually posted any images of that to the main feed of my Instagram yet. Um, I, did, I think I shared a post from at DG Hoops. Um, so you can go check his page out. Um, but he, uh, I think I shared one of his posts to my story just with the with the new logos from Under Armour for Stephen Curry. There's a little bit of, um, uh, there's a little bit of um, speculation occurring that Stephen Curry may be looking to maneuver his way all to, uh, out of Under Armour or to leave Under Armour for another brand. I haven't gone too deep into that, um, personally. As I said, it is speculation, and um, there's just been some reporting on it, but nothing's confirmed. So, um, really quickly, so um, in terms of the other sort of major brands um, in the market, uh, uh, nothing, nothing's really going on with um, Puma Hoops. Um, so they obviously had the Puma Sky Modern release late last year. And so they're just continuing to release um, new colorways now and again of like the Clyde Hardwood, um, the Sky Modern, um, and that's that's predominantly it. Occasionally they'll, um, they'll restock some of the colorways of the Clyde Court Disrupt, um, and then you can get some pretty good deals on the... Uh, March Madness pack of the Puma Legacy 68, and you can also get some good deals on the colorways that are left of the Puma Uproar. But everything in that space is pretty much what's already been released. Um, there's been no news or no word of any upcoming releases from Puma Hoops. And then I'll quickly touch on New Balance. Um, so New Balance don't have anything in the works currently, and they're not planning on doing so. Um, I actually have seen images of a new colorway of the New Balance, the Kawhi, um, but I did actually speak with the global marketing manager for New Balance um, after those images apparently were 
released to the internet uh, too early. Um, so I had some. I had a conversation with New Balance's global marketing manager, who told me that um, New Balance doesn't have any um, pl- major plans on, on making any releases of any new colorways or new basketball sneakers during this time of COVID nineteen. Um, so we'll just have to sit tight and wait um, on that front. In terms of the sneakers they already have out, the New Balance Omnis Lows have started to retail over in China and Hong Kong at, at Foot Locker Asia, which is awesome. Um, but yeah, we'll just have to wait to see uh, any more news or any more images of the New Balance, the Kawhi, which is Kawhi Leonard's signature sneaker. Um, yeah, a couple more things I want to touch on here. So in terms of like the Asian brands, Ant has been quiet. Um, Ling Ning have a few things in the works there. The Ling Ning Yushui 14 is um, upcoming. Um, so that'll be the 14th iteration of their, like, that's like their flagship te- team shoe, much the way that Nike has, or had the Hyperdunk. Um, Adidas has had, you know, uh, various iterations of, of team models over the past few years, like the Crazy Explosive or the Pro Bounce and things like that. So the Yushui is Ling Ning's um, sort of, flagship model that's they've got the 14th model coming out soon and images of that have uh, come out online also we're leaning the way of wade all city 8 is getting a 2.0 updated edition which all that's doing essentially is just adding a shroud to the um leaning or to the way of wade all city 8 um so that's just a very minor update mid um Mid, mid-season update to that model, if you will. Um, and then finally, in terms of like what, what things that are upcoming. So there's a Chinese brand um, called 361 Degrees, 361 Degrees. Um, and they signed Aaron Gordon from the Orlando, uh, of the Orlando Magic forward for the Orlando Magic. They signed him away from Nike back in February, um, which was announced at All-Star Weekend. Um, and now we've started to see images um, of uh, his signature sneaker with 361 degrees. So previously he'd, uh, he'd previously been wearing a 361 degrees um, team shoe, which was called the Big Three. They released some player-exclusive colorways of him, including one that he wore in the dunk contest called the California Sunrise. Now um, we're seeing images of his signature sneaker with the brand, which is called the Zen Double Zero. Uh, so he wears double uh, zero in the NBA. Um, so we've seen that sneaker. Um, it it you know it looks you know it looks good. Um, I don't have anything. Um, I don't have anything major to say about that. We don't really have much news about tech specs. The only thing we've seen is a picture of the midsole, which um, you can see the word quick foam. So that must be their midsole um, foam cushioning tech that they're using for the Zen double zero. Um, but other than that, we'll just keep keep an eye out. Um, you know, keep it keep it locked at, at hoops underscore sneakers underscore for me to um, catch you up with any uh, news that's upcoming about that sneaker from three hundred and sixty one degrees. Um, but with all of that being said, um, that release uh, that that release roundup took uh, a lot longer than I was anticipating. But I do enjoy talking about sneakers. Um, and I am at hoops underscore sneakers and this is a podcast so but I was going to take a quick break here um, and on the other side of this break 
I'm just going to chat to you guys about some of the things that um, have occurred, some of the conversations I've had um, over in the comment sections of my Instagram posts. So um, I'll catch you on the other side of this. So I have some pretty like weird and interesting stuff go on uh, on my Instagram posts in the comment sections um, to be sure. But a few weeks ago I had um, one of the most uh, confronting, I guess, uh, encounters I'd had so far. So it was a Wednesday night and I was browsing through Instagram and I came across uh, an image of the LeBron 17 Command Forces. So that's the colorway of the LeBron 17 um, that was based on the Nike Air Command Force worn uh, in White Men Can't Jump. Um, and this image uh, came to my news feed um, via Leo Hoops, so at L-E-O-H-O-O-P-Z on Instagram. Um, so I liked the image because... Um, uh, you know, it's, it's a cool-looking sneaker, and LeBron's are popular, and um, whenever I can, I like to try and share images of, Le- of you know, LeBron's and the, the current LeBron sneaker, so which is the 17. Um, so I went to Leo Hoops' page, um, and I saw in his caption that the image had been uh, posted from um, Retro Boomin' 6. So I believe his handle's at retro underscore boomin so b o m i n underscore six um and so that's where leo hoops got the image so i was like okay sweet so i know where the image originated um so i grabbed the image um yeah i cropped it down one to one um i posted across onto my page i um I mentioned Retro Booming 6 in the caption, like I at mentioned him in the copy, in the caption of the image, I tagged him in it. Um, as I as I normally endeavour to do, I really try to make sure that, you know, I enjoy sharing photos of sneakers, but um, I, I don't have, you know, an infinite collection of sneakers I can take photos of, um, nor... Do I have the time to not? Nor do I have the ability to prioritize taking heaps of photos of sneakers every day. Um, so obviously, I've I often share content from others across uh, the internet, and usually that's reasonably well received. I get like a thanks for the feature, or you know, appreciate you showing off my kicks, or they might share the post of their story. Everything's sweet. So I did that. It was a Wednesday night. Woke up Thursday morning. Yep, sweet. A few people, a fair, a fair, a f- you know, a fair amount of people like the photo. Cool. And then um, I actually, um, the, that day it was our one day of week where we actually attend our place of business for work. Uh, you know, usually we can work remotely, but there are some aspects of the job currently that need to be done in person. So I was at work and I got a comment on that post and it was from Retro Boom in 6. And he uh, came in hot uh, and was, you know, so first of all, he asked me why I cropped out his watermark. And I said, oh, you know, my apologies. Like it just, 
didn't suit, you know, the way I wanted to frame the sneaker in, in terms of like the ratio one-to-one, like for Instagram and, um, you know, I, I didn't do it intentionally. Like I wasn't trying to take your photo and claim credit for for myself. Like I mentioned you in the caption, I tagged you in the photo. Look, like I may have cropped out your watermark, but I don't entirely see what the issue is. And if, you know, if you want your watermark to remain in photos, perhaps consider where you place it or what sort of watermark you use. And he didn't like that. He came back at me and said that um, I'd made his image look horrible and apparently now his feet looked like they were apparently size 14 and it made, the, the way that the image was cropped made him look like he had massive feet and I completely don't understand um, the aesthetic of the shot and I'm not a photographer, which I'm not. I never claimed to be. And... Um, he was saying about how like I completely just like changed the integrity of his image and like that's well while that's as maybe like I feel that if you are going to share something to a social media page online now it's on the internet and um I I feel like as long as you give adequate credit for where something originated um it should be fair to use um but obviously he didn't share obviously he didn't doesn't um operate with the same sentiment or he doesn't share those feelings. Um, and he started to accuse me of like, you know, having a quote unquote whack ass page. And, you know, this is why pages like yours, bloody this, that, and the other, I can't exactly remember the wording of it because after a while, and I don't make a habit of this, but after a while I'd had enough of him, of his sort of negativity and his slander towards me simply sharing his image regardless of what I chose to do with it I still gave him the credit that this was his image and this is where you can go to his page and find him and support all these other um, uh, social media posts and his photography or whatever it might be Um, so in the end I just decided I had enough I blocked I deleted all the comments um on that post, I removed the ability to comment and I blocked him and I don't make a habit of doing that. I try to, um, I try to, you know, I, I, I try not to have to block people, but this guy was really getting under my skin, um, a little bit. And so I, um, I took that action and it's, it's, I still can't quite fathom it personally why he got so upset, um, about this particular image. Um, but that was, and for him to, I didn't think it was fair for him to accuse me or my page of, um, like of being, you know, poor quality. I I put a lot of time and effort into sharing what I like enjoy and what I'm passionate about. Like he doesn't know who I am. Um, and I wasn't trying to do him wrong or anything. I don't know who he is. Like I was trying to take, um, I was trying to be respectful and courteous. I didn't resort to any name calling or anything or uh, any abuse. I, I, you know, but he was obviously upset. I've tried reaching out to him since, obviously not on retro underscore booming underscore six because he blocked me from that. Um, but he also has uh, sort of a more personal Instagram page, shot by retro. Um, so that's at shot by retro. So I reached out to that page um, just to try and clear things up and with him, but I got no response there. So unfortunately, uh, even though I tried to reach out and try to make things right, um, and apologize for using his image. I he didn't. I haven't received any acknowledgement of that at this point. So you know that that's what that is what it is. 
can't do anything about that now. Um, I, I've, I've, the image remains up on my Instagram feed. I didn't feel like it was necessary to take the image down or to delete it. I don't think that's fair. Um, like I said, the image was. I didn't. It's not as if I. It's not as if I downloaded it off his phone or I stole the SD camera out of SD card out of his camera or anything. It, it was posted to Instagram, so I think that it was only fair. Anyway, um, that was one strange thing that happened. Another thing that's happening um, more frequently and it's starting to get a little bit frustrating or rather irritating is um, what I feel is the tendency of people to not even bother reading uh, the copy I've written or um, for my posts, for the for the images that I post, the captions that accompany the, the, the images that I post on my on my page. I heard, I was listening to a podcast earlier in the week um, and that there was a really good term used for people that don't really take the time to go and find out information for themselves or to actually read to find information. They just want to ask the question and get given the answer. It was like intellectual laziness or something like that. Anyway, that's sort of tangential. It's a little bit off topic, a little bit of a different topic. But anyway, so what um, what I'm talking about here specifically is, so take the example of the, the post that I did about the D-Rose 11, which I spoke about just earlier in the um, the release roundup segment. But, you know, I wrote, you know, three short paragraphs. And so we'll just pick it up in the second paragraph. I said, uh, we have some official images of upcoming colorways for the 11th entry into Derek Rose's signature line. With Lightstripe making its way into the D-Rose line, consider me extremely interested in the release of the D-Rose 11. Um, and then in the third paragraph, after giving you a look but uh, uh, giving you an early look back in December, uh, we shouldn't need to wait much longer for these to start hitting shelves due for a release July 2020. So that was all there from the moment I posted it. Um, I had two different comments uh, in the comment section of that post. One of them asked, when's the release? Um, which, as I wrote in the caption, is uh, scheduled for July 2020. Um, I had another comment that said, what shoe is this? Which I mentioned on numerous occasions in the copy, the 11th entry into Derrick Rose's signature line, the D-Rose 11. So it's, it's strange. I, know, I was having a conversation offline um, with a friend of mine about um, people not reading the captions. And he, he, he posited to me that Instagram is an image-based platform and therefore um, people aren't necessarily reading the captions or looking to read information. And I contended to that, that yes, Instagram is an image-based platform and originally did start out as an image-sharing platform but has evolved um, to the point where the written word on Instagram and the captions that accompany the photos are extremely important, if not... Uh, if not even more important than the image in terms of like uh, an ability of an Instagram user to differentiate themselves and to provide the information, knowledge um, and value and a point of difference from other people on Instagram that are just sharing images as well. There's like tons of people on Instagram that are sharing images of sneakers. Um, but I try to bring something in addition to that, whether it's my own thoughts, my own knowledge, some further information, and if I can write all that in the caption, 
to accompany the image, I try to do so. Um, so that's, it, it can be a little bit frustrating knowing sometimes that people haven't even bothered to, to, to click more and actually read what I've written, but that's fine. I'll continue to do so. I enjoy it. Um, obvious, like, I, should, I say obviously, like the whole Instagram page, like my whole idea was never that um, it was going to immediately become a job or a profession. Um, you know, I was patient with it, as I've said before on the podcast, and, um, you know, it's something that I'm passionate about and I enjoy doing. I really love it. So um, I'll continue to keep writing, uh, writing the copies as they are, and if I can provide information and... Um, and I'll, yeah, like I, like I said, I'll continue to do so. I'm not going to stop doing it just because I don't think people are reading it. Um, not at all. Um, and then finally, I had a really interesting comment come from somebody um, on a post about the, the Don issue twos. Um, so posted um, some images of the Don issue twos. And um, I had someone comment saying that uh, there's a comment that said, so this is, yeah, as I said, this, I, I posted some images of the Adidas Don issue two, which is the upcoming second edition of Donovan Mitchell's signature sneaker with Adidas. And someone commented and said, they got to make better b-ball shoes. Uh, the, implica- the implication here is that they is Adidas. Um, I found this comment particularly interesting um, because... I found this comment interesting for the reason that... So I found that comment particularly interesting um, for the reason that um, you're saying that Adidas needs to make a better sneaker, better compared to what? And additionally, uh, the sneaker hasn't even released yet. So you have absolutely no hard evidence that the sneaker is in fact not better. So, um, like, w- w- so what you're really saying, uh, there, basing your opinion of whether the sneaker is good or not off an image, what you're really saying is that you want Adidas to make more sneakers that appeal to you personally in an aesthetic capacity. So basically, I don't like the way this sneaker looks, which looks and aesthetic uh, is is extremely personal it's extremely subjective um, and so that's why I find that type of comment particularly um, odd um, you know like so I'm personally very much looking forward to the Don issue too and I do like the way they look and based on um, the tech specs and the, the you know the tech included with the ones and that they're going to follow that up very similarly with the twos, um, I very much expect that um, the, the Don issue is going to be a good shoe and one that I'm looking forward to. So um, with all that being said, in terms of, um, you know, the types of stuff that goes on on Instagram, that's pretty much where I wanted to finish finish that one up for today. Um, had a little bit of a break in recording before, um, so I'm coming at you from a different day now, but what I'm going to do here is just take a quick break to regather my thoughts. Uh, and get uh, and then go on to the last segment of today's episode. So I'll catch you guys on the other side of this one. Mm-hmm. 
the final thing that I wanted to talk about on this episode of the Hoop Sneakers Pod um, was the the persistence of commenters or the compulsion of Instagram users um, to make comparisons from one sneaker to another. Um, or not necessarily make comparisons, but to say that you know sneaker X looks uh, exactly like sneaker Y, um, which um, probably I'd say for I probably say you know nine times out of ten isn't even the case at all. Um, now, don't get me wrong. Like I understand, and I, I, I I'm I'm not like I completely understand that there are certainly some design elements or aspects of certain sneakers um, that are implemented or utilized on new sneakers. Um, and I think that's a good thing because generally the good parts of one sneaker get implemented into uh, another sneaker. And yeah, there's certainly um, some borrowing and some repurposing of certain innovations with sneakers that are carried not only um, within brands but across the different brands and like so I can certainly appreciate that when a sneaker comes out you may be able to pinpoint a particular aspect of maybe the outsole rubber maybe it's part of the lacing system maybe it's part of the um, the structure of the heel that does remind you of uh, another sneaker but my the, the, the my main the, the main issue that I take with it is that people just feel compelled to say sneaker X looks just like sneaker Y when I, like I said, 90% of the time I don't find that to be the case. Um, so it's just super interesting. Like, uh, and, uh, and another, another thing that I, another sort of issue that I have with that statement is that like, there's only like a, a shoe's generally going to be the, uh, the, the shape of a foot. Like uh, shoes are something designed to go on people's feet and so there's only so much you can do with a sneaker or with a shoe. Um, they're generally going to be around the same shape and structure. Like, of course, everyone's feet is different. They have slightly different widths and shapes and things like that. But overall, in the macro, a person's people's feet are, are pretty similar. And like, so making shoes are all going to be roughly pretty similar. They're all going to have a rubber outsole. They're all going to have a midsole cushion. They're all going to have some sort of upper. And they're all probably going to have some sort of shoelaces with the exception of the new laceless sneakers that are coming out. Um, so, like, sneakers are going to be, overall in the macro, very similar. Uh, in the micro, of course, they're going to differ. Um, and, like, and, and just to illustrate my point, um, I, I'm just, I've, I'm going to go through some examples here of comments I've received on a particular sneaker where someone says that, to them, it looks like a different sneaker. So, uh I know we've spoken about the Don Issue 2 a lot in this episode, but I posted um, some images of the Don Issue 2 and I had a comment to say that they look like the Air Jordan 34. I don't agree at all. So, I, look, I just said that to them. Like, I'm sorry, like, I, I can't see the resemblance. Um, I posted a picture of the, the Leaning Wave Weight All City 8 2.0, which we spoke about uh, earlier at the top in the release roundup. I had a comment to say that they look just like the PG4s. Again... I don't agree, like, at all. Like, the PG4 has a much more robust and thicker midsole. It's a lot flatter all the way through, whereas the All City 8 2.0, the midsole's a lot more rounded, and uh, it, like, rocks from the front to the back, as well as rounding up um, 
as the outsole rounds up onto the midsole, and then uh, there's there's less of the midsole that's um, exposed like there is in the PG4. The, the only similarity between the two shoes is that they have a shroud. That's the only thing. Like lots of shoes have shrouds to cover either to cover the laces or um, or to cover some sort of lacing mechanism. So there's not very much similarity between those two sneakers. And then you know a little while ago I posted some images of the Anta KT5 Low which somebody commented and said that they look just like the Curry 6, um, which again, I don't, I don't necessarily agree with. Look, both sneakers feature like a textile or a knit one booty upper, and they do have some similarities in the way that the lacing system uh, is structured. But apart from that, I think overall, um, the, like the use of tech, the shape of the uh, outsole, midsole, and other elements of the sneaker um, make them completely different from one another. So again, like I don't necessarily agree with that one. Um, when the images started coming out of Nike's um, Zoom Freak 2, which is Giannis and Dedekumpo's uh, second signature sneaker, a lot of, uh, I, had, I had some people, uh, you know, I had various people make comparisons between the Zoom Freak um, 2s back to like the PG1s, um, to which I said, look, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Nike employs design teams that work across both the Paul George signature line and the Giannis Antetokounmpo signature line, given where those sneakers both sit within Nike's basketball lineup. Um, and then furthermore, I would completely expect that within a brand, um, you, would, they, you would experience similarities in the design of their shoes so that the common, like a more casual sneaker fan or a layperson or can walk into a store and look up on the wall and go, oh, look, there's Nike sneakers. Um, so in terms of branding and design, you create um, a, a certain look for their sneakers that a person can walk in the store and identify them really easily without being in it and without being in the culture day in and daily like people like I am. And obviously, if you're listening to my podcast, you're someone who's the same. Um, so I had people compare, compare the Zoom Freak 2 to... Uh, the Jordan brand, why not 0 0.2? Like I'm saying, it's a low top version of that. Uh, there's some, look, there's some, there's some design elements from both. The, like the, the the midsoles split between the forefoot and the heel, and then so you've got a TPU torsional sort of chassis system, which like joins up both at parts of the midsole, which is similar on the Zoom Freak and the Why Not 0.2. Aside from that, I don't really see the similarity between the two sneakers. They utilize very different constructions of the upper along with different materials, different layering. Of course, they've got different branding, different heights of the collar. Um, so there's a lot of different, there's enough differences there, uh, a, a lot, in fact, that I think that you know, they're two completely different sneakers. Um, posted uh, for some reason this post um, was really popular and really successful over on on the hoop sneakers page uh, I posted some images from one of the from a sneaker store um, overseas of they took some images of the Nike Air Force Max 2 um, that post went really successfully but a lot of people were saying that the Air Force Max 2 looks just like the KD 13 but they've added a strap I guess maybe but like again I, I I don't, I don't, I don't really buy into that. Of course, like the Air Force Max utilizes a full-length Air Max cushion, whereas the the KD13 doesn't. The uppers are made of different materials, and like I said, one has the presence of a strap, whereas one doesn't. And like I just alluded to before, of course, being within a brand like Nike and who makes as many basketball sneakers as they do, there are going to be some similarities between one model to another, um, just based on design teams that work on certain sneakers. Um, and, and, and the, I guess, 
the the not the not necessarily the need but perhaps it's a want to have a, a design language across your sneakers so that people can recognize them as a nike shoe um another one i posted some so the new balance omni's low um hit retail in hong kong and they're available at foot locker so i posted a i did a post about that someone commented that the new balance omni lows look just like the nike kd 10 with a new balance logo on which um, I don't see it at all. Um, personally, aside from uh, the only the only common element that the two shoes have is perhaps there's a um there's a there's an overlay. It's not really a strap. There's an overlay panel that runs from the heel to the top eye uh, the top um eyelet for the laces at the um at the collar area. I mean, they both have you know a, a heel overlay, but again. They're not the only two basketball sneakers on the entire market to feature some sort of overlay panel in that in that fashion. Um, and then the final one, which I had, I had, I took this conversation over to to DM um, just to point out to to the person all the reasons why I didn't agree with this comparison. But I posted um, I posted some images of the Under Armour Anatomic Spawn Two and. Um, I had a person comment saying in the I had a person leave a comment saying they look like the Hardens. And I was just like I, I went through my mind, I was like Harden one, Harden two, Harden three, Harden four. I was like I couldn't see the similarity with any of them, so I replied back and I said, Which Harden model are you referring to? And they said, um well they said the blue ones. And I said, No, no, no. I mean like Harden ones, Harden twos, Harden threes, Harden they said all oh, the Harden four. So I googled, I googled Harden Volume Four Blue, come up with an image, I put it side by side with the Anatomic Spawn 2.0, and like I just couldn't see it, um, personally. So I took that conversation over to DM, and I said, "You really think these two sneakers look the same, aside from like the predominant color of the sneaker being like a, a royal blue?" And you know, I proceeded to to outline why I thought um, that those sneakers weren't similar in terms of like the shape of the midsole. Um, the height of the heel tab, the placement of the eyelets, uh, and so on and so forth, which I think I think the Anatomic Spawn 2.0 and the Harden Volume 4 are extremely different sneakers. And for the life of me, couldn't figure out how this person um, could even come up with those two sneakers looking alike. That's why I took it to DM. I just had to investigate further. It just blew my mind. I couldn't fathom it. So, I mean, and I just, yeah, like I said at the time, I don't, I don't understand why people feel so compelled to draw, I understand drawing comparisons between sneakers in, in terms of certain elements or certain design aspects, but saying that a sneaker looks just like another one is both, yeah, of course they do, because they're both intended to be worn on people's feet, and at the same time, well, no, because, like, um, you don't get very far as a sneaker manufacturer if all your designs are blatantly ripping off another company. Um, so I just, I, I think that's, uh, yeah, I don't think that's entirely accurate, but you know it's probably going to continue to happen as I continue to try and grow and um, expand the the uh, grow the at hoops underscore sneaks underscore page and grow the hoops sneaks brand. So it's just something that I'm going to have to continue um, to uh, to combat in the comment sections and like ask people for their reasons, try to get them to articulate it. But you know, with that being said, um, that's pretty much uh, all I've got to say on on that topic. Um, I'm going to take a quick break here. Um, and then I'll catch you guys on the other side to finish up this episode for um, today.
Thanks again for checking out another episode of the Hoop Sneakers Pod. Um, today's episode probably ran a little bit longer than I was anticipating, but uh, there was lots to talk about as it turned out. Um, so I appreciate you guys for tuning in and listening to me. Um, please remember to go over to Instagram uh, and check out my page at hoops underscore sneakers underscore um, if you're not already and give me a follow. All the content that I alluded to and spoke about in today's episode, you can find there on the feed. If you've got any thoughts or feedback on the podcast or the Instagram feed or pretty much anything that I'm doing really, um, whether it's good, bad or indifferent, um, I'm more than happy to hear it. Um, if you want to send it through to me, um, I'll promise you I'll take the time to read it. Best place to get me is probably DMing me on Instagram. You also send me a, a inbox message to my Facebook page. Um, and I check that uh, fairly frequently. Um, probably not. I'm not as active on Facebook as I am on Instagram. Um, but aside from that, um, yeah, as I said, I'd really love you to check me out across social media, but predominantly Instagram, we're coming up on 14,000 followers, which is awesome. Um, you know, and if you have a friend who's into sneakers, um, is into the sneaker culture, is into performance basketball footwear, then, um, please make sure you, you share my page with them or let them know that I've got a podcast, tell them about it. That would be greatly appreciated. But with all that being said, um, like I said, um, thanks once again for uh, checking in and um, tuning into another episode of the Hoop Sneakers Pod. Um, and until next time, guys, you've been with Dan. Uh, you've been with Dan, um, and I hope you guys make it a great day. Peace. Mm-hmm.